welcome to the Arts Creator Podcast. Uh, joining me today is theatre reviewer Naim Kapadia. Hello Naim. Hi. Uh, and today me and Naim will be talking about two recent productions presented by The Necessary Stage. The first is We Were So Hopeful Then, written by Alison Tan Yu Yang and directed by Alvin Tan. And the second is Acting Mad, uh, with text by Harish Sharma, Haris Alba and Mariam Nurhilmi and directed by Harish himself. Uh, these two productions were part of this year's The Orange Production, which is a platform created by TNS in 2017 as part of their 30th anniversary celebrations. And this platform is meant to um, meant as a way for the company to collaborate with new artists on kind of smaller, more portable works presented in their black box theatre. Um, Naim, can you tell us a bit about these two plays that you watched? Yeah, so um, so this year's edition, and this is the second edition of the Orange production, so the first one was two years ago in 2017. Um, both of the plays, I would say, have are loosely connected by a theme about actors. So the first play by, by Alison Tan, uh, we were so hopeful then, um, actually shines the spotlight on four individuals working at or around the theatre and, you know, just trying to sort of explore a little bit um, about their lives and um, it's set in the context of a fictional Singapore Theatre Icon Awards where they're trying to kind of venerate these individuals behind the scenes and sort of exploring a little bit about, you know, their contributions. Um, and then on the other hand, the other play, Acting Mad, is a piece of verbatim theatre. So it, it um, we'll talk about that um, more in a bit of detail, but it's basically about a series of interviews with um, actors who have encountered or experienced some form of mental health issues and those experiences have been kind of put together into a performance text and you know we get an insight on you know some of these issues like depression, anxiety, um, you know even suicide that you know actors in particular deal with um, alongside their work and, and how they cope with it. Yeah great and, and I think it's, it's good to make it clear for our listeners that um, Naim caught both plays, whereas I caught uh, only acting mad, but we'll talk about both of them um, in, in detail. Maybe we can start with, we were so hopeful then, uh, some of our thoughts, or some of your thoughts yeah. about the play. So, so I mean, we were so hopeful then, um, I mean, I, I thought it was a very interesting premise because you know, I, 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 I mean, in sort of more than 10 years of watching local theatre, I, I can't think of a play that actually uh, focuses on people who are behind the scenes. You know, it literally shines the spotlight on the people who are behind the scenes of, of you know, your theatre. So there are four characters, basically. There's Riri, an Indian cleaner. There's um, a Malay driver called Bo. Uh, there's a transcriber, this guy called Law, who who's you know um, who has to put text on on the screen um, for for productions, and there's a female rigger who you know helps to put up all these complicated sets um, and you know makes the stage look nice. So all of these individuals are not those you would commonly associate with you know. Um, um, theatre, you would think of the creative teams, the, the directors, the, the actors obviously, um, you know, the, the sort of artistic director, producer, all of those individuals who tend to kind of normally hog the spotlight. So it was interesting to just 
look at these people who are so often overlooked and you know obviously there's this interesting conceit of having this awards you're trying to crown a winner um i mean for me i i just wasn't quite quite convinced by the way the plot was structured so just for the benefit of those who didn't catch it it it, it starts with this kind of multimedia show reel where they sort of introduce this fictitious awards and the year is 2025 so we're, we're a little bit in the future and you know they've kind of hunted all over the country to determine who the next theater icon is and then we are introduced to these four characters and then they go on to crown the winner all within the first five minutes of the play um, and the winner is the Indian cleaner and you know she looks quite shocked when she's kind of presented with this award and she's like I, I just want to go and clean and go back to my job I don't want to get this award and then she declines it and then you know then it kind of segues into kind of backstories of these four characters and you know um, a little bit about their lives but I just felt like why why was the intention to sort of rob that dramatic <laughs> potential by, by telling us who the winner was at the very outset. I, I just felt like there was a bit of a missed opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And then for me, otherwise, um, it was interesting just to get a bit of an insight into these four individuals. But the main issue I had was I just didn't have a hook which drew me into these characters. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't feel very invested in their stories. And, you know, if, if I were just to be maybe... Um, uh, uh, um, honest, I just felt that they were kind of quite broad and ultimately quite forgettable caricatures. I mean, you have like an Indian cleaner who listens to music and goes around sweeping. You have like the Malay driver who's always complaining about, you know, how he's tired and underpaid. And then, you know, the two other characters on the side who also are a bit overlooked. Um, I, I didn't feel any of the characters had a particularly interesting story. So I, I think there was a great perhaps theme behind it about trying to highlight, you know, issues facing some of these people who we just don't hear about. Mm -hmm. But it it's more in terms of the presentation and how that felt for an audience member. Do, do you think, like, because we were robbed of the whole, oh, who's the winner going to be, yeah. very early on in the play, it also kind of lacks that draw to want to know what happens. Exactly, and, and it's, it's interesting because as an audience member, so we were actually given a little sheet a little piece of paper when we walked into the theatre uh, where we were able to vote who the winner was. And I thought, oh, okay, so maybe we'll vote and then they'll crown it based on, you know, the audience yeah. reaction. But... Um, that was not done at all. We were told to put our votes in at the very end and that was not communicated to us. Um, we did find out in the post-show dialogue for those who stayed. But I mean, again, I just felt like, oh, you know, it would have been nice to give us a sense of being invested in the story. But mm. it's like the story has been determined for us. We are told at the very outset, it's like you're watching the Academy Awards and they tell you all the winners at the outset and then you have to sit through and listen to all the nominees. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like that and it's like, oh, but what's the point then, right? <laughs> Right? Like, oh, why, why, why tell me about the other three characters when I know it's this one who won? Yeah. So, so that was something I, I, just didn't, I just didn't quite get on board with. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I would just be, I mean, and again, it's hard because like I, I wasn't very familiar with what was the kind of thought process behind it. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that Alison had, you know, a loose bones of a script which she had put together and, you know, she wanted to convey maybe a, a bit of discomfort about these people who are thrust into the spotlight. Uh, there was an interesting anecdote um, which uh, was shared to us in the post-show dialogue about how I think 
think the production team had reached out to a lot of these, you know, technicians, stage managers, people, people behind the scenes and asked them to kind of, you know, um, uh, contribute to a video uh, used at, at some point in the show and all of them declined. It's like they all don't want to be seen. They rather just let their work speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that makes me wonder if that was partly the intention of this production. Like, you know, none of these characters seems particularly likable because it's not their stories that matter it's the work that they put up yeah. and that discomfort is meant to be the intention i mm. i mean i i just wonder if that was perhaps why you don't feel that sense of in investment in the characters yeah. we're somehow meant to feel a bit disengaged yeah. and disconnected from them and maybe the exercise of trying to crown a winner as well is also kind of like an empty exercise as well yeah. because they don't want the spotlight why are we giving it to them anyway yeah. uh, why are we subjecting them to something they don't want yeah. and actually I was thinking about because I was I used to be from the Straits Times right and yeah. we did organise like live theatre awards yes. so there was always this idea of oh what about these other categories that don't that don't exist in, in yeah, uh, let's and, crown like yeah, you know. Um, like best. what about the stage manager? What about the you know the hair? Um, the person that does the hair. Yeah. Anyway, then there was always this question of oh, why don't we cele celebrate everyone who does theatre? Because yeah. theatre is collaborative. Exactly. Right? It almost yeah. doesn't make sense to crown one person over the other in a production. Um, so that was quite interesting for me, even though I did obviously did not watch the show. You also mentioned an uh, you uh, an interesting point about the yeah. bicentennial and, yes. and 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 you know there was this intention to perhaps in this year to kind of venerate, um, you know, like forgotten, forgotten figures. exactly like explore alternative narratives etc. And we were just wondering whether perhaps that might have been a secondary, um, you know, intention. Yeah. Of, of this production to kind of shine the spotlight on perhaps these people who we just don't think about. Yeah, and especially if the exercise feels hollow for some reason, yeah. you know, because of how it's put together, because of um, the disconnect between the actual person who doesn't want it and maybe how slick the presentation mm. is, for example, mm. um, which definitely is something that you think about with the bicentennial and celebrations that are happening this year. I just thought about it because... Um, I think the yeah. title of the play to yeah. me is quite interesting, right? We were so hopeful then. Yeah. This idea and the play is set in the future. It's set in the in the future, yeah. yeah. And and so then we go back in time a few years. I think it goes back, uh, I think ten years or something, to when they met and then you know they meet again like mm -hmm. on a revival of a production and then there's a sort of a postscript, um, which happens uh, epilogue which happens a few years later and it's also a little bit sad because I think a couple of these people leave the industry and mm -hmm. go on to pursue their other interests and things like that. So, you know, have we kind of lost that hope, that spark, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere along the way? Yeah. It, it just feels a little bit more somber in tone. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, for me, one of my issues with the play, I mean, I, I just have quite a logical mind and like, I like to get my skin under a production. I think for me, it's very important as an audience member to have that sense of participation and really be part of the production. And, and one of the things about this production that kind of almost alienated me or kind of distanced me was the fact that I just couldn't quite understand the intention. Was this production meant 
to be a sort of homage of the theatre or was it meant to be a critique of the theatre industry? Like, are we meant to like say, oh, look at all these people behind the scenes who shape our wonderful productions. We shouldn't just talk about the actors and the directors, but we should talk about all these other people behind the scenes. Or was it meant to criticise us as an industry or community for being a bit self-centred and maybe disregarding them? I, I just wasn't sure whether... What, what that intention was mm -hmm. and I think that's why for me I felt a bit conflicted at the end like I, I, I cannot deny that there was a really strong message like I would like to have seen that develop perhaps in another way but mm -hmm. in this format with just four characters their respective backstories I just didn't feel that connection yeah. to what the, what the intention of the story was yeah. I suppose it seems like there were some like yeah, miss, miss opportunity. That's what I felt. I felt there was a bit of a missed opportunity here. Like there was perhaps a really powerful and poignant story buried inside. And, and I, I should mention that there was some quite powerful anecdotes or scenes um, that, that definitely stuck in my mind. Um, you know, for example, there's, there's a little um, um, uh, anecdote made by the... Uh, character who plays the Indian cleaner about how she, you know, sits in the bus every day on her way to work and then she sees a cute police officer come on board and she sprays on a bit of rose perfume so that when he walks past her, he would think of roses and always associate that smell with her. You know, like she's basically an individual with hopes and dreams of her own and, you know, she just wants to be, be seen, not to be invisible. Um, you know, th these are all individuals who just want to go on with their lives and they, they want to feel a part of something um, so I mean like these little anecdotes and observations I think you know do draw one in but I just felt that they were so scattered and disjointed that it just didn't cohere into a nice organic whole that that was my issue with it mm. and, and I feel like um, I think you briefly mentioned about the characters being devised as well like some elements of this script being devised and I feel like that's quite interesting because it's it's part of a TNS kind of uh, platform, right? And yes. obviously devising is something that they are known for. Um, and, and the company has also been known for working with like, um, like a company of actors yes. that, that often you see them uh, in multiple productions that the, yeah. the company does. So it's quite interesting to see them trying to do it with this production as well, with Alison. Um, and, and hopefully, like, if we can see that develop further, I think, like, you do, do you feel like you want to see a future production? Yes, I think so, um, absolutely. And, and I think, um, to be honest, um, Melissa Lim, the, 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 the general manager of TNS, who's also the dramaturge for this production, did mention in the post-show dialogue that, you know, because of the, I guess, timing constraints, they just couldn't go through that full workshopping process that mm -hmm. TNS normally does, which I think can go on for one year or something like that. Yes. Um, so there was a much more abbreviated version of that. Like, I think there was, there was like a bare bones of a script. Um, and then they obviously worked with the actors and they tried to shape it into certain characters um, but yeah I, I would think that you know maybe with a little bit more workshopping this could come together a bit more powerfully um, and I think the other, just the, uh, another point I just wanted to touch on briefly was I just didn't feel the staging itself helped very much in 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 kind of drawing one in as well so there was a huge screen um, that was set up on one side of the space that was used to show you know the this, this theatre awards and there were a few multimedia sequences and then there was another half of the space that was used for acting and it just felt like 
the space could have been better utilized as well because you know they would only come into one half of that that space mm. and I'm, I'm just wondering you know again through perhaps some better use of configuration of the space it could have somehow brought mm. us into into the yeah the, the the whole thick of the action a little bit more but it just felt for me, yeah, very stop and start. Like, you know, just when you begin to think there's an interesting idea there, then, you know, we suddenly go back into, like, you know, a different train of thought. Like, we are suddenly exploring the story of, you know, one of the characters and we are whisked back to, like, the present day where, you know, there's some, um, you know, ceremony on some multimedia sequence going on. Um, so, yeah, I just felt it was just a story which maybe needs to be polished which is great because then you really that, think and, and about perhaps the life that's of it. and that's perhaps yeah a, a good thing because you know there there is something there that that you know I think people would want to see mm -hmm. just that maybe right now it's just a bit harder to really delve behind what that is. Yeah. I think now would be a good time to talk about acting mad. Yeah, so acting mad I think for me was really quite eye opening because um, obviously we've had plays about mental health. I think one of the, the most famous one in the Singapore theatre canon is TNS's yeah. Off Centre uh, by Harish, uh, you know, a play which still stands up very strongly, um, you know, um, two, three decades after it's been written. Um, but what was interesting here was, was exploring that lens of mental illness, but through actors. Um, and that's what I found really interesting because, um, you know, we were just talking about this idea of layers, you know, as an actor, you, you put on a character, you go on stage, you know, you take on the guise of someone else and you sometimes lay yourself bare, you know, in, in assuming another character, another individual. But what we deal with in this play are actors who suffer from things like depression, anxiety. Um, there's something so essential and fundamental about these issues which they just can't seem to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think it, for me it was that dichotomy of you know, someone who's meant to kind of literally bear his soul on stage, but who can't quite bear his soul about his innermost feelings and mm -hmm. thoughts. So it was quite interesting seeing a play that was about mental health issues from an actor's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think kudos really to, to Harish Harris and Mariam for just firstly going through this whole exercise. They, they, they interviewed some 20-odd um uh, actors who have experienced mental illness and um, I think it was mentioned that there was something like three four hundred pages of text which yeah. they then condensed into a into a performance piece and they obviously had a structure to the story mm -hmm. so there was a, um, a loose structure of a group of actors who are auditioning for a play about mental illness and you know during the course of that play they obviously confront their own issues um, and obviously their flashbacks to their own lives but um, you know, some very powerful scenes and um, I don't know, was there something that perhaps stuck in your mind when you watched it? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like one of the standout scenes was um, the scene where, you know, I, I almost don't know whether it's a scene that's from the play they were rehearsing yeah. or, or something that existed outside of that play. So they, they were kind of talking about one person's journey in the, in the INH. Um, and, and it's almost like day one, this is what he, he faces, and then day two, and, and, it, and it cycles through it till it gets, like, I think, to day 90, and, and he gets kind of more and more frenzied 
um, um, they they go all around the stage on like this trolley. And it was and almost like a spoken word thing, you know. Yes. It was very like I, I I was actually like holding my breath because it felt quite intense. It was. So there's this very intense like you know almost verbal kind of dance about like the experiences of a patient. So yeah, things like that were were very very powerful. And I think one thing that. I really appreciated in this piece is that the subject matter is very heavy mm. and um, Harish obviously did a fantastic job in I think just um, allowing the moments of levity to come in to kind of you know temper that mm. um, so there's some great you know moments of, of comedy there was a there was a scene which um, um, which was played by Andre Chong uh, where he plays this actor who who you know cuts himself um, as a way of coping with his his depression and stress, and you know he had sliced his hand open and was frantically walking all over the place looking for hand supplies, yeah. uh, and and you know he encounters like you know a, prov- a chatty provision shop owner and a family moving in and is desperately trying to hide the fact that his hands are bleeding and mm. it's it's both kind of grotesque but really funny at yeah. the same time and it's things like that you know I think um, and kudos to I think a fan fantastic ensemble cast yeah, um, uh, I, I think it really they should be mentioned so there was Karen Tan Al Martin Yatim Andre Chong and Mastura Oli uh, just this um, ensemble of four actors and they did a really really great job in I think embodying the various facets of these these characters and yeah. I think that for me was a real draw mm-hmm. in this in this production I think the other thing that really stood out for me is like you said, the play deals with such heavy themes. I mean, there was a trigger content warning at the start because it would it would delve into issues of like depression yeah. and suicide and, and things like that. And rightly so. Um, um, it did not it did not flinch from talking about these things. But at the same time, the play was surprisingly light in parts and and I think Naim, you described it as like a warm hug of a play almost. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I was trying to sort of compare and contrast, and I think where you know we were so hopeful then was a play that somehow distanced and alienated me, and I wasn't sure what what it was trying to do. Acting mad quite literally wraps you into a warm embrace. Mm-hmm. You know, at the start of the play, there's almost this kind of kampong-like atmosphere where you sit down on the tikka and you drink tea. And then, and then at the end of the play, audience members are invited to join the actors in the space, mm-hmm. hold hands in a large circle and sort of enjoy that moment of solidarity where, you know, they say that, you know, we love each other, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. It's it's like that real sense of community. It's a small thing, but I think the idea is that, you know, all of us are in this together. We need each other's support to heal. Yeah. And, you know, even if you may not have experienced any of these issues before, you also feel complicit mm-hmm. and you feel you're part of the yeah. atmosphere. I think for me, that, that, that really was quite powerful. Yeah, I felt that it was very powerful as well. And... And also, like you said, even though um, in the play, in Acting Mad, the attention is kind of put on the actors as, as humans, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, in the theatre and in the theatrical space, actors are called on to be superhuman almost. Yes. But, but in this play, we are looking at them as such human characters and people. And so to me, it made sense that at the end, we were all holding hands with them yeah. in kind of like one circle. Because... It's not an audience versus actor thing. Exactly. It's like breaking down the boundaries. We are all human beings. We 
everyone suffers from these issues. It's not an us versus them thing. Um, and I think also one thing which which I thought was really interesting was the fact that you know you get all these insights about the theater industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So 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 um. I mean, you have um, a veteran director. So the Karen Tan character is this veteran director who is, you know, auditioning various younger actors for um, a role in this play about mental health. And um, at the very end of the play, she kind of finally sort of comes out and says that, you know, she had been dealing with all these issues, um, you know, um, anxiety, etc., and had kept it bottled up inside, whereas the younger actors sort of wear their hearts on their sleeves, the millennial generation, the strawberry generation, who, who are very open about their feelings and thoughts, and there's almost this generational gap that exists in terms of how they respond to these issues. So it was quite interesting seeing that played out in the actor, um, you know, the, the world of actors. Um, and, and, and also just, you know, just um, the idea of, you know, the, the, the hoops mm -hmm. a young actor has to go to get themselves cast. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where all the actors have to go through an audition process and the two younger actors, you know, are quite nervous and they have to sort of stand, you know, on stage and deliver this very powerful monologue. But there's a, a slightly more experienced actor, the, the Martin character, who basically comes on stage and Karen Tan is like, you don't need to audition, I know you so well. And I'm sure this goes on all the time. Yeah. They're, they're favourites who, you know, directors would like and they just have it so much easier than the younger generation who would really have to struggle and hustle just to get yeah. the parts they want. And it was interesting seeing these little themes about the theatre industry creep up because again you know that can inform the way in which they deal with these yeah. issues right because because mental health is, is not like just because it, they're actors these issues only come out in the in the theatrical space like it, it bleeds into their, their actual lives as well uh, as human beings and i feel like um, in talking about karen tan's character as well like there was a there was a sense that she was saying like oh it's part of good work ethic to not think about your feelings and, and to kind of, you know, like you said, bottle up. Yeah, leave it outside the door, yeah, right? Literally. The door. But at the same time, like, it was quite interesting because during the rehearsals, like the director would say like, oh, use your, use your emotions, use that pain, almost like use that pain. Yeah. And, and actors are often uh, like kind of conditioned to using their pain and their experiences to fuel yeah. Um, um, so you're supposed to you're supposed to leave things outside the door, but yet use it to be a better actor. There's this real like yeah. you know uh, uh, contradiction going on. Totally. So and I remember during the post show discussion, I think someone had asked like, oh, so what are the strategies that you guys, uh, the actors yeah. actually uh, um, like do to kind of protect themselves from mm. feeling you know from feeling kind of like these emotions? And I think. Karen Tan was like, if you remember, she said like, oh, I compartmentalize like Muji or something. <laughs> it was like, which was like, you know, so super Karen. But also it like it makes sense like, um, like how you would deal with your emotions yeah. would be to compartmentalize. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe for the younger actors, they they are very used to all aspects of their lives kind of like bleeding into one another. Like how like social media is part of like every part of your life. So I thought that was um interesting uh, interesting take on on mental illness and mental health. Yeah. Um, did we want to talk about um, how the script was put together, these verbatim um, um, interviews that were done? Obviously, there was a fantastic craft that went into kind of taking these long 
presumably quite dense interviews and crafting them into the performance text and you know giving it a structure and everything but for me i guess just looking at some of the kind of the the iconic verbatim theater works like you know things like alfian saat's cooling off day or cook, cook a pot of curry um i just felt that some of the individual attributes of those those actors was lost because everything was neatly kind of you know condensed into these four individuals i mean that there's some very powerful sequences individually but i didn't feel that some of the the actors as a whole the four characters who were portrayed had a had a yeah. strong yeah. had a strong presence yeah. and i think that that was maybe what i i wanted to see i wanted to get a sense of the personalities mm-hmm. who they were i mean without necessarily naming them or anything yeah. but just getting a sense of the personalities yeah i think i think i was thinking about it like whether i mean yes one, on one hand it could be a privacy thing right they don't want of to out themselves uh, yeah. in, in this show but also i feel like there's a sense that as we were watching it we could sense like a flattening of some of these experiences yeah. because of how they were kind of like almost equally distributed amongst the four characters yeah. it just felt a bit too neat like each of the four characters is given some kind of emotional scene mm. um each of them has like a backstory scene so yeah. it was just like a an exercise in ensuring that each of them had the requisite yeah. amount of stage time um but i think i just wanted something more raw mm. like you know where where you know you just see the stories being told perhaps as they mm. as they were told yeah. um so that that was that was just um my thoughts and i think because i knew going in that this was a verbatim piece mm. i kept in my mind trying to think how would the actual <laughs> interview have played out yes. how would that story have been told and you know here you're getting one interpretation of it mm-hmm. uh but i'm just curious as to how that would have you know yeah. been told in real life so it was yeah. quite interesting mm-hmm. and i think that i mean to be to to give them some credit i think they did mention that there were some ticks and pauses in in the way in which these stories like you know they would tell a very very heavy story but they would like laugh yeah. and you know just dismiss it and things yeah. like that that there were attempts to do that and so it was quite a human um um storytelling experience overall but yeah i think for me it was just that clear individual stories and identities that perhaps i would have liked to see um one aspect that was quite interesting for me and i didn't did not expect it from harish was that there was quite quite a cute use of music throughout the piece of acting mad so much so that i i i i i almost think of it as a musical piece or a piece that had a lot of music built into it um and, and helped to even some of the, the the heavier moments as well i think one stand out moment was like the i think andre's character where he has some kind of breakdown and 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 like in in trying to calm him down they give him a ukulele and he slowly starts to like look at it and and start to strum on it and then he plays a a, a song right i think yeah. i think it's a deaf cap song like i'll follow you into the dark which is a very um dark song but it also sounds very calming and, and yeah. almost um like folksy uh and i really appreciate that it at some point some parts actually almost verge on corny but i almost welcomed it in a play where otherwise it would have been too dark and, exactly and, and, yeah drag us so, so i think yeah for me it was just like that balancing of you know comedy with the darker elements the use of music um i i i liked the the use of the space as well you know there are moments of great stillness but then there are moments of 
just almost frenzied activity where you are literally on the edge of your seat as well. And you made a very interesting point about the recycling of some of the <laughs> the furniture. Yes. So so we we watched Civilized, which was obviously a um, a, a, a production. TNS production. Um, you know, interrogating the bicentennial, um, and there were actual props um, and set pieces from that show that were used here mm -hmm. as well. I do remember the scene where an individual is like kind of in this white cage of sorts, yeah. um, and it, it was just kind of interesting seeing that. You know, again, mm -hmm. that, that recycling of, of the acting yeah. world. And, and, and yeah, exactly, to kind of like, uh, that, that universality of that theatrical world in Singapore, right? I felt like it brought home that, that um, the fact that we were talking about Singapore theatre and, and actors within the Singapore theatre scene. Yeah, you yeah. Know. So I think one thing we should maybe touch on, like just to kind of wrap up, yes. uh, would be about you know the Orange production as a whole. So mm -hmm. this was this is the second edition of the Orange production, and I guess in full disclosure now, um, I'm sure most of you would probably remember that Nabila was part of the inaugural Orange production two years ago. Yes. So that featured uh, Nabila's play Drip as well as a play called Whale Fall, Whale Fall by, by Faith Ng. Um, and for that one, because they were kind of conceived as shorter one-act plays, they were performed together. Uh, so what were some of your experiences dealing with? You, you, mm -hmm. your, your play was directed by Harish. Yes. And, and what was your experience? I mean, this platform is super interesting to me because as an independent playwright, you want to find avenues to work with theatre companies and you don't really know how to, yes. right? I definitely welcome that idea yeah. of like a theatre company opening its doors to work with new collaborators. Yeah. Um, and I think Harish was directing for the first time when he directed my play, yeah. which was super interesting because then we were discovering things together, yeah. which was very exciting. Um, and that play was very much like something I'd written in a playwriting workshop with Uze Sulaiman, yeah. and, and, and then now realised um, by, uh, by TNS through the Orange production. Um, and, and with a double bill with Faith Ng as well. So there was definitely this, this idea of like, okay, we're not really new names, but yeah. this is a new experience for all of us and we're gonna like try and see what comes out of it. Strangely enough, like today, I just read, reread a monologue from Drip and, and it made me think about, oh, like, would I ever restage it? Because yeah. that's the thing about some of these developmental platforms, right? You wonder like, this probably would not be the be-all and end-all kind of production and yeah. you do see a future life for these plays. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's one thing that's fantastic about the way the industry is heading. Like, it's not just about performing a play and, you know, selling tickets and then the end of the story there. It's about, you know, really giving them a journey, right? And mm. I think the one that comes to mind would be Jotan's Forked, mm. for example, which, you know, obviously started off as something um, like a, in Centre 42, I want to say. No, in fact, like, I, I in my class with Jose Sulaiman, Jo, jo was in the same class as me. Oh, right, okay, yeah. okay. But and she I, did something at Centre 42, yes, did after she? That, she? After that, okay. Yeah, and then um, it went on to the fringe yes. and now it's being given a full staging by the finger players uh, directed by Chong Chichen. Yes, yeah. with J Jo Tan taking up all the roles. The, all the roles, <laughs> yeah. So it's very very interesting and I think there's some other plays as well. I think, um, in fact, Pretty Butch also has had a bit of a journey. Yes. So, you know, yeah, it's 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 great and, yeah. and I mean, you know, who knows if these these productions do go on mm -hmm. to, to experience other lives. I think that would be fantastic and I'm sure they would be even richer like with further iterations as well. 
the ability to revis- revisit a production is actually quite a privilege. And I feel like I'm so glad that we, we are in that, that um, time now where we do revisit productions. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one thing about, I mean, um, the Orange production, I get the sense that it's really quite a collaborative experience. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I guess when you did your show two years ago, I'm sure you were able to provide your inputs even during the process as well. It yes. wasn't just a, this is my script and I can't say anything mm-hmm. else. There's, there's very much that sense of collaboration. And I, I believe, you know, even with Alison and her play, as well as the, the verbatim theatre, there, there was a constant, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, uh, process of negotiation and refinement that went on throughout that rehearsal process. Yeah. So everyone felt their voice was heard. So yes. I think that's, that's great. Yeah, it's true. And now that I think about it, maybe this year's Orange production is almost like, like a love letter back to theatre. Exactly, yeah. It, 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 as a whole, I think that that's a nice theme, I felt, because yeah. they're, just, they're just not many plays that do that. They're about telling other people's stories, but not the stories of the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really refreshing to, to see that. And I think um, um, I'm thinking of, of the the Rent and Rave, yeah. you know, which was a play um, by Chong Tzu Qian about, um, you know, criti- critics. <laughs> and again, it was, I think, one of the few plays, probably the, the only, only, only play this decade, I would probably go so far as to say that actually dealt with like the critical voice in, in, in the theatre and just kind of did this historical perspective of that. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of occasionally shine that spotlight back yeah. and... That's why I feel that there's clearly something here. It's a nice overarching theme and I'd be obviously very interested to see, you know, the next steps in the journey of these these productions. Yeah. And hopefully there will be a journey. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Naeem, uh, thank for you. joining me, but also like really leading the session as well <laughs> in our discussion, having watched both plays. Well, let's say goodbye to our listeners. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>